Hello, this is Julie Riesler, and today we'll be mapping HeartSet on the 15-Minute Matrix. Welcome to the 15-Minute Matrix. I'm Andrea Nakayama, functional medicine nutritionist and your host. This is the podcast that brings you bite-sized insights and lessons on the clinical relevance of the functional nutrition matrix, the most important tool in functional medicine and functional nutrition. The matrix is so important not only because it invites us to stop and assess, but also because it reminds us of three very important factors in our care, our recommendations, and our outcomes. Everything is connected, we are all unique, and all things matter. Be sure to head over to this episode's show notes at 15minutematrix.com if you'd like to see today's topic mapped on a downloadable matrix to remind you of these critical aspects of care. And speaking of reminders, I want to remind you that this will be the final month of the 15-Minute Matrix producing new content. Stick with us through the end of the month, and who knows, I may pop into your feed at random times in the future with an undeniable episode or two. For now, I want to wish you a very happy new year, and I thought this conversation was the perfect way to kick off our new beginnings. Today on the 15-Minute Matrix, I'll be speaking with Julie Riesler. Julie Riesler is the host of the popular global podcast, The Uist You, in over 175 countries with 300-plus episodes. Julie has been featured in Forbes, MindBody Green, The Chopra Center, and Thrive Global for her work as a heart-led mentor and change maker. As the author of the Amazon top pick, Get a PhD in You, Julie has spoken on two TEDx stages and to large crowds in North America. She is also a course creator on Insight Timer, the number one ranked mindfulness app with over 170,000 plus downloads. Julie holds a master's degree in health and wellness coaching from the Maryland University of Integrative Health and is on faculty at Georgetown University in their coaching program. Julie is the founder of the Life Designer Coach Academy, a leading edge program where she certifies transformation coaches from all over the world. Julie is also a mentor to hundreds of coaches and entrepreneurs. Hi, Julie. I'm thrilled to welcome you to the 15-Minute Matrix. Oh my gosh, Andrea, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I'm really excited to explore this context of heart set with you. And I'm wondering, what does that actually mean to you? What does heart set mean? Yeah. So, you know, I'm guessing anyone who's listening knows about mindset. You know, there's a great book by Carol Dweck called Mindset. It's all about minding our mind and having a mindset that is focused on growth and expansion versus having a fixed mindset. And, you know, minding our mind and our thoughts is very important. However, I think what's often lost in translation and lost in, in really the focus is understanding the connection to your heart, to your heart intelligence, to your heart, you know, inner wisdom. And I've done a lot of study and work with the HeartMath Institute. There's science backed behind understanding the power of our heart and heart wisdom, intelligence. And so heart set to me, it's really about 
okay, dropping in, tuning in, getting connected, what is it that I'm feeling is most aligned at the heart level? Not just at the mind level, not just what I'm thinking, but really at that deeper level in my body and my heart and in connecting to heart intelligence. I love how you explain that. And it just makes me think of a concept that we've been exploring a lot this year, and we have a podcast on it that is interoception. That notion, um, the guest was Annie Murphy Paul, and she wrote the book, The Extended Mind, and how there's so much more to that tapping in that has to do with turning our attention and recognizing what's coming from the messages within. And there's so much bypassing that these days. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's so important. This is something I've been learning as an experiential learner that so much of what, you know, we know we have over 70,000 thoughts or so a day and really tuning in, first of all, which of those thoughts are the throwaway? Which are the thoughts that are really, you know, the ones that we want to connect to? And then the next level is where is that coming from and where do I feel that in my body? And so for me, learning to connect in an embodied way what does my body feel? What is my heart saying? What is that wisdom that is at the cellular level, not just in my mind? That has been a huge shift for me. Yeah. And when I think about this for those of us who are in practice, you know, even when we're not necessarily working with things through a mental health arena, when we might be thinking about things more physiologically, holding this space for our clients and patients to tap into their body is actually one of the hugest things I've found because there's so much noise out there, not just telling us who we're supposed to be, but how we're supposed to be that, that tuning in is its own muscle that needs to be activated. So I'm wondering about your responses to that, but also like, how do we help people activate that in the presence of all the noise? Oh my gosh, this is <laughs> one of, I think one of the most important things that as practitioners, we can do holding space for our clients. I also think at the same level, you know, the ability to do that for ourselves. It's a muscle to build. I mean, it's been very, very healing for me personally. And I think, you know, it means number one, like you said, there is a lot of noise, whether it's, you know, literally in your, in your head, in your mind, or in your world, or in the news, or in wherever you, you know, there's a lot, lot, lot that's competing for our attention that can steal our presence. And Having a practice, you know, getting in your body, in your in yourself, um, and I have a lot of thoughts on that, and that's something I practice for myself. And then being able to hold that space for our clients and being able to really ask into, you know, what is it? What do you even feel in your body with this? And and, and I think you said this earlier. To me, this is the opposite of that bypassing because you're actually learning the language of your body, you know. And I can tell you, having done energy work and other practices as well, our mind follows our body. Our body is speaking to us at all times in communicating. You know, am I listening? Am I tuning in? Am I trusting that? Well, that takes time. That takes practice. It takes compassion. It doesn't happen overnight. But I think of it as it is our own unique language. We all have that within ourselves. And it's so powerful when you can start to really tune in and trust that and know how to go within no matter what's happening around you. That's where you start getting that strength and presence and ability to handle life no matter what's happening because you can trust and tune into your own wisdom. 
Yeah. And I, I want to dive into some of the how, but before we get there, I'm wondering if you found that there are any specific or all of the above social determinants that impact our abilities to practice that tuning in as women, if people are in a different size body, a different color body, you know, issues with gender norms. We live amidst all these stories of who we are supposed to be and, again, how we're supposed to get there. And I'm wondering if that serves to cloud our abilities to find that, I'm going to call it a muscle. I don't know if that's the right way to think about it, but to find that muscle within. So to me, no matter where you are literally coming from in your journey on this planet, right? No matter gender, race, experience, traumas, to me, the end goal is really that reconnecting, coming home to yourself. And how do you define self? For me, it was to stop self-abandoning myself, right? I've seen this with a lot of the clients I've worked with, to find a safe space, a home within yourself. And I think of it like, you know, our body, our cells, all of that, all of our connection to our inner wisdom. There's intuition, there's, you know, wisdom within our emotions. Many of us, I, I don't want to speak for everyone, but I know for me, I avoided, I pressed down, I squashed, I tried to not feel. And so to me, the journey is about coming home to yourself and loving and honoring who you are, whatever that looks like, however that shows up, whatever body you're in. And in that loving and honoring coming home to your body, you know, what I have seen is through time and showing up and being compassionate and holding space for whatever is showing up, feeling emotionally, that you begin to build a bond with yourself, with, you could even call your your higher self, your higher intelligence, your higher heart connection. And so as you practice that, as you learn how to do that, there's this natural feeling of connection and really owning who you are. And I think for many of us, and I know as a female that I've gone through a lot of trying to fit in, people please be something I'm not fit into a certain size that I'm not, you know, all of these things trying to push. And it's the opposite of pushing. We want to relax and learn how to be and connect and sink into who you are and learn how to listen and know your body's way of communicating with you. For some, that is more of a feeling, a sensation. For others, it might be visual. You know, you might hear those words or thoughts or feelings from your body. And for some, it's all of it, you know, but we all have a unique language. And I found it to be incredibly healing because what we're saying when we start to tune in and give time and space to do this is I matter. And we all matter. And so the thing is to know that from within. And so that's what I think is so important about this work is really reminding, telling yourself, you know what, I matter. Right. Yeah. And you're such an amazing coach at helping us get to that place where we can recognize that we do matter and that that's our first priority. And I'm just going to give a really tangible example where I, you know, I'm working with a case study group for my book. And one of the things I see the participants do is acting in ways that they know they don't want to in order to please another person, whether it's a parent, 
a partner. So they might eat something, do something, go against the grain of that inner wisdom because they feel like that's the best thing for the moment. And when we do that, we're actually not speaking or acting our truth. And we're not showing people how we want to be loved because we're mistreating ourselves. So right there, there's a discord in the inner terrain that fosters health. And I think that's my interpretation of one of the things that you're speaking about. I don't know what your thoughts are on that, but especially with women and anybody who's had to essentially code switch to fit in, we tend to find moments where we push ourselves down, act other in order to accommodate a situation. It's the antithesis of self-care. What I'm really hearing you say, and this is what I've experienced personally, is when you say something that is not true for you, whether the intention is to try to keep the peace or to fit in or, you know, to be kind or when it goes against what is true, what feels true for you, for me, I believe the body is listening. I experienced this in my own life. I was married to a good person, not the best fit for me for quite a while, and I didn't have a voice. I don't blame that person. That was a choice, but I could see, you know, I just, I didn't feel like what I had to say was as powerful or meaningful. And I really stifled my voice for a long time and was not surprised when I finally made that move. For me, it just was the right thing to do to consciously, you know, uncouple. And my throat, my thyroid, which is right at the throat, you know, it literally stopped working. And I'm still healing that today. This is 10 plus years later. And I can tell you intuitively right away when I was diagnosed with this thyroid condition, my inner wisdom said, that is all connected to not speaking your truth. And that is partly why I'm like, oh, we've got to talk about this and do something about it because I don't want other people to have physical conditions that are connected. And I believe it is connected. I really do. Yes. Yeah. I mean, we could talk hours about that and that thyroid connection alone. I think that's so important. Thank you for sharing that story too. I mean, one of the things that my boyfriend who has his like odd moments of wisdom because he's, I mean, he's very smart, but he's an engineer. He doesn't necessarily come from that like really wise things that he might say, but he has these moments where I'm like, that is like pure truth. And he says, this is what incompatibility feels like. And it's just such a pure truth when we are in those moments where we are not speaking our truth and we could feel those effects in our body. We can feel them. And I'm like, oh, this is what incompatibility feels like. Oh, that's what it is. And it's not that we get to make the whole world work for us and that it flows all the time, but it's learning how to be more authentic to ourselves through those moments. And it's kind of a continual dance is what I find, especially as I age. Well, and it's just, look, and this I think is part of the healing and what we're talking about is, and going to the heart, right? Going to not just what you think you should do. You think it's better to do this. You think you should people please. Now, what is true in your heart? And what I have learned, and this goes back to heart set, is, you know, saying no when it's not a full yes, I come from doing it. I'm going to do that lovingly. And 
that's all we can do. You know, it's not my job to try to make sure other people like that or not. It may not feel great. What I've learned though is when I'm being true, when it's a full yes or a full no, or I'm not feeling it, honoring that no matter what that might be, speaking that up and staying in the heart, that's where a lot of this healing can happen. You stop living in the incompatibility. Mm, Yeah. And that's where the true connection that I think we're all craving comes from too, when we drop into that place in the heart. And I mean, I could talk about this again for there's so many aspects when we think about heart set, there's connections to, you know, Chinese medicine and the heart and the gut. And I, I think about so many things, but I'm just wondering if you could share with us again, as practitioners, it's important that we drop in for ourselves. How do we invite that in our own practices and for those that were serving on their health and healing journeys? Yes. So I think one of the most important things to do is so simple, you know, and I would imagine others listening, I'm trained also in Reiki. And one of the positions, one of the healing, you know, pan positions is your hands on your heart, connecting to the universal life force energy, connecting. And I think just literally, you know, it's a simple thing, but you know, if you do this with me now, try it. Anyone listening, just literally put one hand or both hands, as long as that feels good to you, right? Put your hands on your heart. First of all, it's incredible to connect in and to feel your heart beating. And I'm reminded whenever I do this, number one, your heart is beating. You didn't have to say or tell it to do that. It's been doing it before you were born, right? It's one of the first things to form in utero. So just that appreciation, that connection, that like, oh yeah, it's beating. Oh yeah, I'm not in control. Oh yeah, that is happening on my behalf, it is literally pumping blood and life force, like, you know, however many times per minute, nonstop. And I think connecting in at that visceral, physical level is very grounding and can also be, you know, we know that gratitude and appreciation can totally shift your energy, your vibration. So even just starting there, the next step would be to start to really ask yourself, ask your heart, How do you feel about this? What's in my highest good for all those that I'm here to serve as well? Start talking, asking questions. What will happen is, and a great way to do this is ask and then listen, connect, feel, and then journal. Just, you know, intuitively journal, let whatever comes up. You will start to have a relationship. It is incredible. I can ask myself now, ask my heart questions when I don't know the answer, when I don't want to just go to somebody else. I want to tap into my own wisdom. I want to build that muscle. It is amazing. The heart, there is actual intelligence. We have sensory neurites in our heart, similar to what's in the brain. So you start paying attention to that, asking, you're going to get answers. And often what I've seen, I've been doing this you know, for a while with many types of people. It's usually very succinct, very clear. You might get an image, you might get a feeling, but often you'll get an actual, like, you know, if you're in doubt, ask a question. It'll often be like yes or no, or very, very clear. So, you know, it's another way to honor this incredible gift that we have that's not just pumping blood, but is also literally connected to greater intelligence. I really, really love that. I'm sitting here with my hands on my heart and thinking about that practice of tuning in. And it it reminds me, Julie, that like so many of the people coming to us for help feel like they are broken. And when we tap into this innate physiological function, our heartbeat, that we're reminded, oh, wait a minute, I actually work. 
my body works for me. It does what it's supposed to do. And I find that's just a really powerful reminder for people who are in this sympathetic dominance, seeking, looking for answers, feeling broken. And this beautiful reminder that we're not broken is so critical. It's so important, you know, and I can say that if there are things going on at the mental level, emotional, physical, that are maybe a struggle or frustrating or, you know, healing going on, it is really important, I believe, to really tap into all that is working, right? And usually for most of us, it's most of our body functions so much that is working. I mean, a practice that I have been doing recently, which is connected to really feeling your body and connecting to your body is yoga nidra, which is a great practice of just really connecting left, right brain and getting into your actual body, into your heart connection. And it's the opposite of kind of the yoga you think about where you're moving. You're literally laying in savasana, laying down on your back, you know, just surrendering. And I think that's part of what is needed is this act of <laughs> letting go, of surrendering, of trusting, of having that faith. That's been my experience. Yeah, I really appreciate that. And it's such an important reminder to just be with what is and take that in. Julie, if there's anything I didn't ask you that you just wish that practitioners knew more about holding that space of heart set for ourselves and with our clients or patients, what would that be? Oh, that's a beautiful question. And I was like, yep, there is one thing. And, and you kind of alluded to it in your question. Look, it's very easy. And I know this for practitioners. We want to serve, make a difference, be a light, help others. Just remember, true, true service comes from overflow. So you've got to invest time and energy and love and attention into yourself, not from a place of you know, stress and overwhelm, but from love, from, you know, caring for you as that divine being that you are making sure as you hold that space for your clients, that there is a practice in place for you to really do that for yourself. And if you need support, then to get that, it's totally fine, right? I think actually the best practitioners have others that are coaching and working with them as well, you know, to really fill your cup so that you do have much more to give. So that would be the one piece that I have learned my, for myself and would, would just caution and suggest to any practitioner. Ditto. Such an important message. Julie, thank you so much for sharing your brilliance with us today. Thank you. The 15-Minute Matrix is hosted and produced by me, Andrea Nakayama, and the Functional Nutrition Alliance. The podcast is edited and mixed by Brian Paik of Pacific Audio, and special thanks go out to Alia Hale, Pamela Geismar, Sandra Brower, Evan Hollingsworth, Heidi Kaufman-Lakowitz, and Rowan Bradley for their support making the 15-Minute Matrix possible. You can find episodes on all kinds of topics with more incredible guests at our podcast website, 15minutematrix.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to see the completed functional nutrition matrix that accompanies today's or any episode, be sure to head over to the podcast website. Again, that's 15minutematrix.com. We love when you share our episodes with your friends and colleagues, leave a review and rate the show. That helps us to grow our collective message that functional nutrition is the future of healthcare. 
Also, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Functional Nutrition Alliance, and you can follow me at Andrea Nakayama. And if you or someone you know is interested in becoming a functional nutrition counselor, head over to fxnutrition.com to learn more about our Full Body Systems program. Full Body Systems is our 10-month emerging course where you'll learn the systems-based approach to addressing the root causes of your clients' issues through client education, diet, and lifestyle modification. Again, you can always learn more at fxnutrition.com.